This is Eighth Day Encouragement, a recap of the Sunday service, offering hope and faith from the Church of the Holy Trinity, Manhattan. You can find us online at holytrinity-nyc.org. The scripture readings today from Daniel 12, as well as today's gospel from Mark 13, speak to times of anxiety, just as the people of Daniel's day and of Jesus's day had worries about rapid cultural, political, and societal changes. We have those worries at this stage in the pandemic, as we watch the news, as we wonder what lies ahead. Such times in history and currently give rise to apocalyptic expectations, and so it may be that the scriptures we hear near the end of the church year as we move towards the Sunday of Christ the King uh, speak to the things we worry about and read in the news. There is a sense that some things are ending or changing, and yet we can't quite see what's coming next. In times such as these, we may be tempted to do what Jesus warns about in today's gospel, to look for a quick fix, a guru, a temporary authority, or some convenient messiah. Maybe we're tempted to pray in a magical way to be delivered without our having to do anything, really. Perhaps like the vision of Daniel, to call on the archangel Michael to rise up and fight on our behalf and protect us. But the epistle reading for the day, the letter to the Hebrews, reminds us of Christ, our high priest, but in so doing also reminds us of our own agency, our own giftedness, our own vocation to live out the faith, come what may. The letter to the Hebrews speaks of Christ as a high priest, certainly, but this language of priesthood also gives us an opportunity to remember what is sometimes called in theology the priesthood of all believers. It was Martin Luther who especially developed this theme as he wrote and preached that all believers are called to be priests. Luther wrote, this word priest should come as common as the word Christian because all Christians are priests. Luther pointed out that in Exodus, God says, you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. In Isaiah, we're told, you shall be called the priests of the Lord. They shall speak to you as the ministers of the Lord. And finally, Luther points to the first letter of Peter. You also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellence of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's from 1 Peter 2. Art Lindsley is a Reformed theologian who writes about this priesthood of all believers and suggests at least four implications for us, for all of us. First, it means we all have direct access to God. It's not like the old days when only the priest went into the temple once a year to talk with God. It's not only the one who prays beautifully or lives a holy life, but each of us, fallen, sinful, tired, in our own blessed way, who can and should speak to God and listen to God. Prayer is our direct line. 
Second, even though we no longer offer bulls or turtle doves as sacrifices to God, as priests, all of us offer spiritual sacrifices. The ordained priest offers a particular kind of spiritual sacrifice, but the New Testament is clear that we're all called to offer such sacrifices as praise, prayer, thanksgiving, repentance, justice, kindness, love, alms. This empties our hearts for God and turns us more deeply towards God. The third implication of our all being priests is that we each have a prophetic role to play. When we see injustice, we can speak out. When we see despair, we can offer hope. When we see people or institutions or governments heading in the wrong direction, we speak out. Fourth and finally, because we're all priests, we are to work for reconciliation, even when it's hard, even when it goes against the culture, even in the face of violence, warfare, or terror. Christ works through us so that we can work for peace. It is the peace of Christ, after all, that we share, not our own peace. And so with Christ as our guide and our friend, may we grow in our understanding of how we might live out and share our various expressions of priesthood. Let us pray. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. At the 11 a.m. Choral Eucharist, the choir sang a setting of Ave Verum Corpus by the 20th century composer Carl Jenkins. The text is probably from the 12th or 13th century, and it is a meditation on Christ's presence in the Holy Eucharist, a foretaste of the heavenly banquet.
You've been listening to Eighth Day Encouragement. The eighth day is a Monday after the seven days of the week, but the eighth day also stands as a new creation outside the pattern of the usual seven. And so the eighth day symbolizes resurrection, hope, and the possibilities for new life. I'm John Bedingfield, the priest and rector at the Church of the Holy Trinity, Manhattan. I hope you'll come and visit us in person one day, but you can also worship with us through Facebook Live, follow us on YouTube, and learn more at holytrinity-nyc.org. God bless you this week and always.